Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. I am your host, John Marcellaro, and this week my guest is the Mac Observer's Kelly Gumont. Hey, Kelly. Hey, it's nice to be back. Welcome back to Background Mode. I love having you on the show. For the listeners, Kelly Gumont is a longtime podcaster, contributor to the Mac Observer, the host of the Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast, and a tech support guru. This is her 14th appearance on Background Mode, <laughs> where Kelly and I love to chat about our favorite streaming TV shows and movies of late. So, you ready? Let's get started. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to open the show with the right stuff on Disney+. Plus. The right <laughs> stuff is based on Tom Wolfe's book, The Right Stuff, and mm-hmm. it is historical, uh, based on actual events, although, of course... The events and the dialogue is fictitious, but it's generally based on the Mercury astronauts, the test pilots who were uh, enlisted to become the first astronauts on the Mercury program. Right. Recall in those days we had ICBMs like the Atlas that tended to blow up (laughs) and it was a little dicey. So, uh, in in fact, the first... Mercury Atlas combination called Mercury Atlas 1MA1 did blow up in front of all the astronauts' families. They had a boilerplate uh, test version of the Mercury that was unmanned, and that did not go well. There was a uh, plate that was penetrated and fractured and, and opened up an opening in a liquid oxygen tank, and the missile Atlas blew up. But we got that under control, and and so the right stuff is the story of uh, NASA uh, starting its uh, space program, worried about the Russians. Uh, stars mm-hmm. uh, Patrick J. Adams. You may remember him. He plays John Glenn. You may remember him as he played Mike Ross on Suits, which was one of my favorite oh, right. TV okay. shows of all time. <laughs> and he does a fabulous job playing John Glenn. And Colin O'Donohue is in the show. You may remember him as a pirate from Once Upon a Time. He plays uh, Gordon Cooper. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. like, I can, I, I know that name, but I couldn't remember why, and it's Once Upon a Time. Yeah. So, while it gets a little bit um, tied up with uh, astronauts' personal lives, it's an interesting story, and it compares very well against a show I have a distaste for, and that is... <laughs> <laughs> For All Mankind on Apple TV+. Plus. Right. For All Mankind is the fictional story loosely based on um, American space technology in which the Russians mm-hmm. beat us to the moon. And I didn't care for the production and the acting and the premise of that show at all. But I'm having a good time with the, with the right stuff. I think I've seen the first four or five episodes of it. It goes into the personal struggles of the astronauts. Alan Shepard, in particular, has some personal problems, health and otherwise. And uh, John Glenn is a sort of the the, uh, guiding light, the sort of stable guy who tries to, uh, you know, be a good leader. He's a major in the Marines. And uh, Patrick Adams does a really good job of playing John Glenn, kind of the taciturn, low-key kind of astronaut type. So I'm really enjoying the right stuff on Disney+. Plus. It's under the National Geographic logo. Mm-hmm. So um, I highly recommend it. Thumbs up, tune in, check it out, and relive the history of the early days of the American space program as we tried to put an astronaut in space. 
And for the listeners, I have a question for you. Um, there is some tussle amongst the astronauts who's going to be first in space because that's history. And of course, it's Alan Shepard. But he went on a suborbital flight along with Gus Grissom. The first, the first American to orbit the Earth was John Glenn. And so if you ask someone who the first American in space is, I'd be interested in hearing whether you thought it was Alan Shepard or whether you thought it was John Glenn. Because actually going into orbit is a more significant achievement than a little suborbiter doink 100 miles up and splash down. <laughs> so let me know what you think about that. All right, Kelly, it's your turn. I want to go in the order that, right. a different order than you gave me. I want to start with Penny Dreadful. Showtime. Okay. So uh, Penny Dreadful, uh, it's streaming on Showtime. It's it's not a currently airing series. Um, there are three seasons of Penny Dreadful, and there's sort of this second one that is, um, uh, I think it was called Penny Dreadful City of Angels. And I think it got one season and was canceled. Uh, so they're, they're, I guess, only vaguely related. So uh, what this show is about is uh, someone... Uh, this this character, uh, Sir Malcolm, who uh, his daughter, he's trying to find his daughter. She's been uh, captured and uh, he's trying to rescue her. And his companion in doing so is his daughter's best friend, who is uh, uh, Miss Ives. And I cannot for the life of me remember her first name right now. But um, what's interesting about this is... Uh, the characters that they that they come across as they uh, try to save her, um, it gets a little supernatural. Uh, some of the characters we come across are Dorian Gray, which maybe a name sounds familiar to some people, uh, and Doctor Victor Frankenstein is in this as well, um, and uh, Billy Piper plays a major character. Uh, in, in the Who. series from Doctor Who fame. People might know her. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein is played by Harry Trotaway, which may be familiar to people who enjoyed Star Trek Picard uh, because he is the... Uh, I'm blanking on his name. But he was the, the one that was uh, sort of the spy with his sister to help bring... to, to find... to find oh, the girls. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm actually—I <laughs> can't remember anybody's name today. That's okay. Um, trying to remember all the names and places in these shows is tough. That's why I try to yeah, take so, good notes, but still. Yeah. So, um, so Penny Dreadful, uh, the series itself. I we've watched uh, two of the three seasons. It's very interesting. Uh, it, like I said, it's supernatural. Uh, there's some witchcraft involved. There's some interesting stuff. But the the people who star in the show, aside from Harry Treadaway and Billy Piper, uh, the main characters are uh, Sir Malcolm is played by Timothy Dalton, who you may have heard of. Oh, yeah. One, one Mr. James <laughs> Bond from the past. A James Bond. And uh, Vanessa Ives is played by Eva Green. Oh, another very Bond good. girl. A Bond yeah. heroine. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, Rory Kinnear plays a character I don't I don't want to give away, um, and there's there's a number of other people who sort of pop up in these various uh, 
pieces and uh it's it's fun i will tell you it's there's there's straight up gore uh there are a few things that are sort of violent uh but very gory uh, it's it mostly takes place at night. It seems like uh, it's it's usually pretty dark, and um, it can be violent. Uh, but uh, it's 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 an interesting show to watch, and uh, one of the things that's the most interesting to me about it is a few people that I know had talked about it and enjoyed it, and were talking about um, the series as a whole, and I asked Mr. Kelly like hey how about we sit down and try an episode of this and see what we think about it and we watched one and he kind of went huh and he doesn't have a pa- have patience to just sit and watch a lot of TV and so a couple of nights later he said well maybe we should watch the next episode of that show and so that's how we ended up uh, working through it it turned out to be something he was into so uh, it's like sort of the thing that we're watching together right now and uh, so that's been it's been it's been uh, fun to watch. Uh, I'm a little sad we only have one season left because it it's been pretty interesting. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I've got that CBS All Access Showtime combo that I subscribe to, so yeah, I'll have to check it out because I get Showtime now. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, that one. It's it's interesting, but I w- I'm more it's it's dark and it gets kind of gory. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, it's, it's absolutely not to everyone's taste. I guarantee, <laughs> but, uh, but if it's something, if, if it's the kind of thing that you like, the acting is great. The sets are fantastic. The production value is high. Like all of, you know, all the performances are great. Everything's like, it's well done for what it is, but I understand that it's not a flavor that everyone likes. Well, I think the history of our uh, show is that, uh, it's generally, uh, advice for adults and we don't try to discriminate between uh, adults and kids but uh, we do talk about the oh, show sure. enough to let adults who are listening know that it may not be suitable for uh, their kids depending on their age oh. and their, so. well and there may be adults it's not suitable <laughs> for either <laughs> right, like, that that's kind of the point I'm trying to get across yeah, is that it's yeah. it may not be it may not be for you but if it's a flavor you like I said if it's a flavor you enjoy uh, this is a very well done uh, presentation of that so it's it's interesting okay my turn well, i'm yes. going to tell you about a series a movie and a series that had mm-hmm. my wife and me completely mesmerized it's from abc in this case mm-hmm. the australian broadcasting company and it's called okay. mystery road it started off mm-hmm. with a movie indigenous detective returns to the out back to investigate the murder of a young girl. Uh, and okay. Aaron Paradison is Detective Jay Swan. And it is an awesome detective series. Um, Mr. Kelly may not like it because it's kind of slow, but it develops and unwraps in a pleasing kind of way. And mixed in is the Australian outback and the photography. And mm-hmm. Aaron Pedersen plays a very thoughtful persistent detective who gets to the bottom of things in his own time in his own way and uh, this particular movie has a very interesting ending all i'll say is a no spoiler but it's a fascinating uh firefight with long range remington rifles i'll say no more and Mm, um okay if you're 
interested in slowly percolating interesting uh, detective series uh, that uh, are set in a glorious environment and background and celebrate the mm -hmm. Australian life and culture. Uh, I think you really enjoy this. Plus, about five years later, 2018, they launched a series by the same name, Mystery Road. And oh, it is still starring Aaron Pedersen. In this case, he combines with Judy Davis in a small town to investigate the uh, mysterious disappearance of two young men from a cattle station. And uh, Jay's investigation uh, kind of upsets the local status quo of the cattle ranch and uh, some history there. Judy Davis is terrific. And um, the season two, or series two, I guess, since it's Australian, yeah. <laughs> uh, is for sale on Acorn, but you can watch the movie and the first series on Amazon. And the series is six-parter. Uh, there's actually eight, but the first six are the show, and the last two are interviews. So um, if you like something that's just glorious and, and great acting and interesting development, and uh, the Australian Outback um, and good storytelling, I highly recommend Mystery Road. You don't have to watch the movie to watch the series, but we watched them in reverse order because we didn't find out about the movie until after we watched the series. We were <laughs> so excited to go back and watch the movie and get more of Aaron Pedersen. So you don't have to watch the movie first, but you know you might as well. And then if you like it, you're going to watch the six-parter. But be patient. Let the story flow over you and kind of, you know, try to solve a mystery with it and just be pleased with the photography, the cinematography, and the storytelling. So that is Mystery Road. Highly, highly recommended. We enjoyed it tremendously. We're almost ready to pay for Acorn to watch series two. Ooh, that's cool. an endorsement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I will tell you, we found... Um, We're going to take a break. It's okay. time for a break. Folks, we're talking with uh, Kelly Gumont about our favorite TV shows and streaming movies. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Stay with us. Today, our sponsor is Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing enterprise infrastructure, Linode offers simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions. Built using the most up-to-date hardware and next-generation network backbone, Linode allows users to comply with in-country data protection requirements while taking advantage of all of Linode's technology and tools. Get a server running in seconds with your choice of Linux distribution, resources, and a choice of 10 node locations. Note that Linode offers, Linode offers CI-CD environments. Pick from any of 10 worldwide data centers. Pay only for what you use with hourly billing across all plans and add-on services to provision, secure, monitor, and backup your cloud. Check out Linode's new cloud manager featuring an improved user interface at cloud.linode.com. And now Linode is offering a $20 credit for all new customers. With Linode, you can build distributed applications, hosted services, and websites featuring native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and industry-leading processors. Visit linode.com BGM to learn more and sign up. Thanks, Linode, for being our sponsor. We're back. I'm chatting with the Mac Observer's Kelly Gamont. Kelly, I would love to have you launch into The Mandalorian next Season two of The Mandalorian launched oh, October gosh. 30th, so we've only yes. got one episode under our belt, but how glorious one. it was, how glorious it was. Talk to us about it. And I've seen it too. 
yeah so uh i've watched it i've only watched it a couple of times i will probably go back and see it again um, episode one of season two you've only seen just episode one times. yes yeah um because uh, because it's a show like they basically shoot it like it's a film so there's a lot going on in every scene there's a lot of things that sometimes you miss uh, you know, the first time through, not necessarily, I don't mean like a big plot twist or some sort of massive reveal, but smaller things that happen in the background or Little details like, um, like baby Yoda's flapping ears. Yeah. Which yeah. I love. Um, <laughs> every scene where the ears flap in the breeze is a good scene. <laughs> yeah, is what yeah. I'm telling you. Um, but I also really enjoy, um, like some of the other characters, we end up in places where there are a lot of beings in the same place and getting a look at all of those, at all of those characters and getting a good look at, you know, who's sitting back in that corner just to see. And so I've enjoyed, I enjoy that part of it. And I really like, I figured out what it is because I watched season one again before season two started. I did too. And I, f- and I figured out what it is. It's not that I don't like it. But I figured out what it is that sort of makes me impatient when I'm watching some of it. And it's when we go someplace that we've been and when we uh, deal with uh, a particular variety of alien or a particular location that we already know that we've seen in the movies or that we've seen in other places. uh, That's one of the things that I love about the Mandalorian is... um, all of the all of the the other stuff and making the universe bigger making the star wars universe bigger and because you know we're told it's this whole other galaxy right long long ago and galaxy far far away and that's what i love about uh, the mandalorian is all these new places we get to go all these new characters we get to meet uh new races of aliens uh more interesting more takes on star some wars that we've already met glimpse are resurrected yeah, like like ugnots for example mm-hmm. we get a pretty prominent ugnot in season one and all those different sorts of things uh, are the parts that i really like and so um i was so like watching them kick open the door and do something new um you know we've kicked off this new season with sort of new parameters and we've got um Got a very pleasing introduction of a new character, Timothy Oliphant from Justified, one of my favorite TV shows also. Yes. He, it was he, nice to see Oliphant. It was. Uh, but th- the thing that was interesting to me about the season, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to be sort of vague, but the thing I'm curious about is that the, the events of the first episode of season two are in essence unrelated to the last episode of season one. <laughs> and so uh, I'm More curious. To Dune. Did you get the feeling you saw a Dune's uh, worm? They called it a dragon, a but still. Yeah, it's a cra- well, It's supposed I to be a crate dragon and they do live underground. Yeah, and like, and I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. They stole this from Dune. Well, if they did, it was a long time ago because crate dragons were sort of a known quantity a long, long time ago. Um, uh, because I was one of those kids that would read a book and then go ask like 96 questions. And it's, it's hard on your parents when you do that with say nonfiction, which are things that maybe reasonable adults might know. It's harder when it's science fiction 
And, you know, you read the book about that movie that you liked and then you start asking your parents, like, what's a crate dragon and what do you do with Tabana gas? And, you know, like, yeah, uh, my folks weren't into it. So <laughs> uh, I had to go, like, read more Star Wars books to find out more things about Star Wars. So uh, that that's what I'm wondering about is how what happened at the end of season one is going to affect season two because we haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm also very curious about the arc of season two, given what we saw um, near nearing the end of, of the first episode, um, how some of those events are going to uh, impact the rest of the series. So I think that's going to be super fun. Um, I'm in, I kind of don't care where they end up. I'm definitely going to sit through it and figure it out i do also really enjoy the the weekly of this this is a this is a show that drops uh one episode a week uh like late thursday nights um mm -hmm. and uh and you kind of have to sit with it like you don't get an option you know um like netflix for example gives you all the episodes at once and it's up to you whether or not you're going to watch one or watch all of them or some number in between and I like the being forced to sit with it over time. When we talked about Mandalorian ponder. the last time, we talked about season one. We mentioned mm -hmm. something that I want to celebrate again, and that is the closing credits. The Mandalorian might have the oh. best closing credits of any television show ever produced anywhere in this galaxy or another. It's amazing. Yes. I, I love... It's it's one of the shows where I sit and watch the end credits because the end yes. credits are these uh it looks like it's the concept art that they used for the series. So you've yeah. got like these storyboards of this particular moment from the series that was, you know, the the point in the story that somebody took the time to illustrate as they were breaking the story like here's what we're going to do. Amazing. Here's how we're going to lay out how the episode goes and they are beautiful. They are beautiful and, and the music is so good that after the show is over you I want more. You know, they always end the show so, at a point where you're gasping and, and waiting for more to happen. Yes. Then they transition in the closing credits and you're just immersed and it's in so the good. And the music. And in fact, uh a lot of times I will just, I have, I have a playlist on Apple music that's called Kelly keep score and it's uh, movie soundtracks that I like because I can't work with music that has vocals, mm, uh, but I like to listen to music. So uh, I figured like the, to strike the, to split the difference between the two, I use film score music because it's music I know and music I like. So I loaded up with a bunch of John Williams and you know, uh, the classics and uh one of the ones i added is uh the mandalorian i add because almost all the music comes out and is available as the episode progresses so like you know if the episode's 45 minutes long you get like 40 minutes worth of music you know from that episode so each one is called a chapter and you can find you can find the chapters on apple music i'm i'm sure you can find them available to purchase or to stream on other platforms but um uh, I, I use that for working music a lot. Like the first season, I will just start with the song after the intro theme and sit down. And that's what I listen to when I'm like sitting down to try and concentrate is that music. It's, it's uh, not standard orchestral sounding music. It doesn't sound just like, 
you know, a lot of other classical music that's out there. It's got this, it's got its own vibe and I really dig it. So, um, that's one of my albums for like, that's my go-to for, uh, I need to sit down and get some work done. I'm going to put I this on and it's going to help me think. I listen to a lot of John Williams music too, but one of my favorite go-to writing musics is Finding Nemo. Yes. That's great background music for writing. Yes, I do. I do like the Finding Nemo, uh, the the Finding Nemo soundtrack. And I'm trying to remember who did the music for that one. I cannot I remember. remember. I'll think of it. I'll blurt We're it out later, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's Thomas Newman," you know, or whoever it is. We gotta um, move on. The thing. Go ahead, finish up. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it is Thomas Newman. Hey, guess what? It's Thomas Newman. Um, cool. The but the the thing that that I like everything about it is something that I really like. And so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this season ends up when we get to the end of it. So. Me too. Me too. I think they're going to have some fun for a while. And then we're going to have that Imperial guy, you know, who crashed at the end of season one show up again yep. later. But I think before that happens, yep. we're going to have some fun stuff happening. Oh, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Next. The other night, my wife and I were looking for something sweet but serious and so we were looking at romantic comedies and they were all kind of silly like valentine's day we could couldn't stomach that and we looked at some other romantic comedies and it seemed like in order to be lighthearted and sweet they had to be kind of silly and stupid so we kept on looking and we found this glorious movie called the hundred foot journey and it's about the cadam family in india who leave india for france where they open up a restaurant directly across the road from Madame Mallory's Michelin starred eatery. And it's a story of a young chef and his father trying to build a business there in France and competing with the woman across the street. And at first it's war with the restaurant across the street and then things happen. And if you're looking for a movie that's charming, <laughs> that's serious but sweet and romantic and well-crafted, and two of the producers are Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey. And this movie is just like a beautiful gem. It is put together so nicely and it is so serious, but so sweet and romantic that you just marvel at the cinematography and the writing and the acting. And the Hundred Foot Journey title comes from the fact that they open up a restaurant 100 feet across the street from this one-starred restaurant. And... Um, I won't tell you how that resolves, but it's a, it's a love story, and it's a, it's a story about Indian cooking. If you like Indian food, whether, you're, whether you like Indian food or not, but if you do like Indian food, you'll really enjoy this movie, but you'll enjoy it anyway, uh, just for the yeah. quality of the writing and the quality of the acting. And if you're looking for you know great entertainment, five stars, something that you just marvel at the craftsmanship of the production, and something entertaining for the whole family. That's this is the movie you want to watch, The Hundred Foot Journey. It is on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Thumbs yeah, up. I have seen this and I enjoyed oh, it. Too. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, I I watched think? it sort of. I liked it a lot. Um, it ended up being sort of accidentally like, oh, like I've heard about this, and you know, uh, I'll sit through just about anything with Helen Mirren in it. So. Uh, <laughs> no matter what so um i sat down and and i was like oh you know like i'll just watch it until until dinner's ready or until mr kelly gets home or whatever it was and ended up totally hooked and was Mm -hmm. utterly charmed by the whole thing 
So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Your turn. Let's go to Lovecraft Country and update. So, yes. Talked about it before, so, but you have not day for us. Yeah, well, because I was only a couple episodes in, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, like two, maybe three at the time. The entire season has since aired. It's ten episodes. And um, I... I enjoyed it very much. As I said before, um, it's, it very much Tell us the takes place. Okay. So um, I'm trying to figure out. So I can tell you it's based on a book uh, called Lovecraft Country. And uh, it's the, the story of these people who start out in search of uh, the main character's name is Atticus Freeman. And they call him Tick for short. And Tick and his friend... Uh, Letitia and his uncle go looking for his father who is missing. And that's how, that's how everything starts out. Um, It's set in the 1950s in the Jim Crow era of the South. Um, It's uncomfortable at times to watch for that reason. Uh, But, uh, but it's a very good show and Lovecraft country uh, should tell you that uh, like <laughs> there's there's some some uh, kind of dark and creepy elements to some of the story. Uh, it again, much like Penny Dreadful, it gets a little supernatural in spots. Um, the acting is really good. I enjoyed uh, watching everybody that's on the show. Uh, I really liked all the characters. I'm not sure how I feel about the season as a whole. I liked each of the episodes. In, in a different way for something. Uh, but as far as the, the whole season of storytelling, I'm not sure what I think about it. So I haven't quite, I haven't quite decided. I think I need to watch the last one again and, and, and see, because I feel like I didn't get quite a complete unit of storytelling out of this one. So, uh, but I did enjoy it and it is, it is worth the trip for anybody that, that wants to check that out. So uh, I will, I will say now that I've watched it, like, yes, I'm glad I watched it. I'm not, I'm hoping that, um, a second season or something, uh, might, might help make it feel more complete, I guess. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's where I'm at with it. All right. Well, I want to talk about a romantic science fiction movie. When I was Shaun younger, of the dead. I'm, I'm a big science fiction <laughs> fan. I grew up reading Heinlein, Asimov, Arthur Clarke, Theodor Sturgeon, Roger Zelezny. You name it, I was reading science fiction as a young man, and I ran across this great, great short story by Daniel Keyes called Flowers for Algernon. And mm-hmm. that was turned into a movie with Cliff Robertson called Charlie. And it was the first okay. romance science fiction movie that I saw, and it's ever since then I've had a warm place in my heart for romantic movies that have a science fiction aspect to it. And I found one the other night. My wife and I were cruising through Disney+. Plus. And we found this movie yes. starring William Hurt called Tuck Everlasting. Tuck Everlasting is the story of a young woman who falls in love with a young man who's part of a family of immortals. And William Hurt plays the lead as Angus Tuck, the head of a family. Mm-hmm. And it's got some great actors. It's got Ben Kingsley. It's got Amy Irving. It's got Victor Garber. Remember him from Alias? And Sissy yeah. Spacek. And mm-hmm. it's touching and it's loving and it's warm and it's got some lifelong lessons William Hurt takes the young woman out on a boat and explains to her the problems with being immortal (laughs) 
you're like a yeah. rock by the river and you do the water just keeps flowing over you and you sit there like a rock and do and nothing happens you don't change you don't evolve you don't live a evolving life mm-hmm. and this young woman who yeah. falls in love with his son uh, has to has an important decision to make because she has an opportunity to become one of the immortals and the decision that she makes is a key point in the movie and I won't divulge it but um, if you're looking for a romantic movie for the whole family with some sober lessons mm-hmm. about the problems with immortality and good storytelling and great actors and people you've you know, you've seen before and you love. Um, this is a, a wonderful movie on Disney Plus called Tuck Everlasting. Ten out of ten. And if five stars. If it if it sounds familiar to people, um, uh, it's a book. Tuck Everlasting was a was a children's book. Uh, I remember reading when I was very small. I don't remember it very well uh, because I've read a lot of books since I last read it. But uh, it's uh, it's the. Um, it's an adaptation of a novel that people might remember if, if they were kids in the seventies and eighties, uh, you might remember it. If that sounds, if the name sounds familiar, that could be why. Great. We only have a few minutes left. I want to wrap up the show. I'm going to let you close sure. with star Wars, the clone wars. Disney plus. <laughs> so there's a couple of things I've been watching on Disney plus and aside from the Mandalorian and uh, one of them is uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. And uh, part of the... So I never watched it the first time through uh, when it was airing on like the Disney Channel or I think it streamed for a while somewhere. And uh, I didn't watch it at the time. And now uh, they, they got everyone together. They put... Uh, they they created one last season that all aired on Disney Plus, And now you can watch the whole thing. So... Uh, what's interesting about it for a few reasons, uh, it's an animated series and, uh, it's, it's a very stylized animated series. So it's got a definite aesthetic of what it looks like. And, uh, this is one of those where you kind of have to, you kind of have to let go of your, uh, this is the only way that anything can be piece of it because, uh, the the show itself is set to it's set during as you may imagine the Clone Wars uh, that we hear about and that we see a little bit of um, we hear them mentioned in episode 4 and then we see a little bit of it in uh, the prequel trilogy and the animated series is pretty is interesting like i said it's got a definite aesthetic um and uh anakin skywalker uh is a character you know he's not voiced by the actor from the movie obi-wan kenobi is not voiced by the actor any actor from the movie it's a different person so uh you kind of have to let go of whatever sort of uh you know and, and and expand your definition a little bit of like Anakin Skywalker or Obi-Wan Kenobi or Count Dooku or some of the other people that show up. And uh, so most of this, I believe, is set between episode two and episode three. You see a little bit um, from before that and a little bit from after that here and there that gets mentioned. But mostly it's um, between Star Wars episode two, uh, Attack of the Clones and episode three, Revenge of the Sith. And... Uh, it's it's really interesting. 
like I've been enjoying it. I've been reeled in by these characters that were pretty boring in the prequel films to me anyway. And uh, it's been really interesting to watch them grow and evolve. And, you know, because it's a series, it's got, it's got, I don't remember. I want to say seven seasons. And, uh, so you get like loads of character development. You get to spend a lot of time with these characters and really learn to care about them. And so it's really exciting. And uh, if, if you miss star Wars uh, and you miss the action and the excitement and the, uh, you know, the good versus evil and all that kind of stuff uh, that, that we got out of the, the movies, then you can get it out of the TV show. And the whole thing is available. Like I said, on Disney plus. So, Great. and I will real quick, really quick, I will shout out the other show that I mentioned to you, John, before we started recording. It's called One Day at Disney. And it's uh, 52 episodes, but each episode is like three to five minutes. And uh, it's the day of a person who works for the Walt Disney Company. Oh, cool. Each one. So there's a person who is responsible for uh, is, is the person who sort of heads up uh, getting all the Christmas decorations up at Disneyland. Um, there's a person who is in charge of a particular attraction, like an Imagineer who is the lead on this particular massive attraction. There's uh, one of the, the veterinarians who works at in Disney World at Animal Kingdom. Like, here's what a day in my life is like taking care of all these animals. And, you know, you, you get animators, you get all kinds of different folks that, that work in all different parts of the company. And it's very interesting to watch. And so um, it's kind of nice to get a sneak peek into some of that stuff. Cool. So that's the other that. one that I like. And it's nice because, like I said, they're very short. So you can sit down and watch three or four of them and you're out, you know, 15, maybe 20 minutes. Bite size. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, that's yeah. going to have to do it for the show. I really okay. enjoyed chatting with you about our favorite stuff. When you come back in a few weeks, we'll talk about the rest of The Mandalorian. We'll let that conclude. <laughs> and we'll talk about yes. Star Trek Discovery Season 3, which is now airing. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Kelly, for joining me. It's been fun. And yes, folks, thanks so much for having me, as always. Hearing us talk about our favorite shows, and I, we picked some really good ones, and I think you'll enjoy them. Folks, you've been listening to John Marchalero and Kelly Guman from the Mac Observer. You've been listening to Background Mode. We'll see you again next week.